Turn to Luke chapter 2, verse 52. Luke chapter 2 and verse 52. Uh, Mimi and I want to thank you, Ekron Baptist Church family, for allowing us to spend 25 days in an 800-square-foot home with a three-year-old. <laughs> There's truly nothing like it in the world. In seminary, I read the great theologians, Schleimacher, Kant, Punnenberg, on and on and on. Now, I'm reading Winnie the Pooh. I'm reading Llama Llama, what's the rest of it? Red Pajama. I'm reading George, Curious George. I'm losing my mind. Angelina, that was beautiful, thank you. Samuel, where you at? Beautiful, thank you. Pretty girl on the piano. What was her name? Rebecca. Uh, Catherine. Where you at, Catherine? Thank you. There she is. Give them our love. Amen. Amen. It's really good to be back with you. I spoke, texted actually, Steve Butler, our associational mission strategist. And I think being with Ekron Baptist Church again did him more good than it did Ekron Baptist Church. And I just kind of feel that way. This most loving church in the world right here at Ekron Baptist Church. Congratulations on making Kentucky today. If you had not read that article, you need to read it. I got a call yesterday, day before yesterday, from one of our IMB missionaries who is on the furlough living in Louisville, in the missionary home of Bethlehem Baptist Church. And uh, he saw that story. He called me up. We're going to get him here. He won't take all my time, but I'm going to give him some time. And then I want him to go speak to the children's church. Now, if you'd like to hear, Brother Greg, would you just say Amen. We'll figure that out somehow in the future. But um, the word spread pretty quickly. I got a phone call from an editor of that electronic magazine named Mark. Didn't call him back till anybody leaves a message with me in Hawaii, I'm going to call you back. And Robin, when he told me who it was, I said, you got to talk to Robin and you got to talk to Belinda. They know the, more about what happened than I did. And... Uh, I didn't seek those people. They sought out Ekron Baptist Church. So God has used your generosity to encourage other churches to be sacrificial in giving to missions. And every dollar that we give to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering is half of the budget that goes directly to our missionaries and keeps them on the mission field. And when they come home on furlough, they don't have to raise the money. When their kids grow up, we put them through college 
We pay for their Baptist college education and their seminary through the cooperative program. That's how we keep missionaries going as God calls and equipping them to go on the mission field. And I'm just proud as punch of Ekron Baptist Church and the generosity of this family and your patience. Now let's read the Bible. Luke chapter 2, verse 52. Let us pray. Father, we ask you to guide our message today. Help us, Lord, to know what thus saith the Lord more than anything else. Open our minds and open our hearts to understand what thus saith the Lord this day. For you, Lord, have a message for every person in this building, on the airwaves, on the internet, if we'll just listen. Let he that hath ear to hear, hear the word of the Lord today. Lord, this message is yours. May it never be mine. In the name of Jesus, who said, I am the resurrection and the life, we pray. And all the people said, Amen, Amen, and Amen. Well, there's the text right there on the screen. Let's read it together. What do you say? With me, ready, begin. That's what my three-year-old said. <laughs> Pardon me for quoting my three-year-old. Ready, begin. And Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. What in the world does that mean? Luke, who wrote also the, the book of Acts, has a period of the life of Jesus after the birth of our Lord and then kind of picks up at the age of about 30. These are the early years, it's called, of our Lord Jesus Christ. That a lot of speculation about what took place in those years. There are even some Gospels that were written about Him. They're called pseudo, or false Gospels, about what Jesus was able to do as a, as a boy. But one thing you can put in the bank, and that is Jesus grew in wisdom. He was age-appropriate at every age. Anybody here 34 and under? Anybody here 34 and under? There's a few. All right, anybody? Well, let's don't go there. Jesus was age-appropriate at every age, and yet he was filled with the wisdom from heaven. He was anointed by the Holy Spirit, at his baptism, when the dove came down and the Spirit and the voice came out of the clouds that said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. We don't know a whole lot between there. A lot of speculation. So wisdom, Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature. Because he was the wisdom of God that through him God created the heavens and the earth. He was the agent of God's creation, the Bible says in Hebrews. So today we're going to talk about how to grow in wisdom like Jesus. 
Let me share with you the theme of this message. Hear it clearly. I'm going to say it a number of times as we go along, Lord willing. The call to follow Jesus is a lifelong journey to live like Christ at all times and in all places. The call to follow Jesus is a lifelong journey to live like Christ at all times and in all places. If you follow Jesus, if you allow Him to be your pioneer and perfecter, as Hebrews says in chapter 12, meaning you begin with Him and you're completed in Jesus. If you take that journey of being a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, shortly in Luke, Jesus is going to call His 12 disciples. And if you're willing to say yes to Jesus, you're going to grow in wisdom too. You're going to grow in godly wisdom. The Bible teaches about two kinds of wisdoms. There's a heavenly wisdom and there's an earthly wisdom. And Jesus grew vertically and horizontally in wisdom. His relationship to the Father and His relationship to other people. He was in favor with the Father and in favor with other people who will follow Him. I hope that makes sense. So today we're going to talk about some life lessons as we follow Jesus. Number one, learn more about Jesus and you'll learn a whole lot more about yourself. Just follow Him. Jesus said, I do what the Father tells me to do. I say what the Father tells me to say. Paul's prayer to the church at Ephesus said, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know Him, that is, Jesus. You see, God is in the people-making business. He's trying to make us more like Jesus as we follow Him, serve Him, and learn from Him. We always learn more when we listen to the wisdom of God foremost, and then to other wise people God places in our life. Now ask yourself this question. Who is the wisest person in my circle of church, family, friends, etc. Who is the wisest person? I mean spiritual wisdom. Somebody that really knows the Lord. Somebody that when they open their mouth, you just kind of hear, you know, that's right. Something in you says, that's exactly right. There are four voices that speak to us in our head. And the one that we listen to the most is always speaking in our head. One of those voices is the person we think we are. The person we think we are. Another voice we listen to is the person others think we are. Remember that tract that said, God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life? There's another tract. God loves you and other people have a wonderful plan for your life. 
So there's the person we think we are, there's the person that others think we are, and thirdly, there's the person we think others think we are. But fourthly, and most importantly, the voice of wisdom that we want to listen to today is the person God thinks that we are. Who does God think you are? God thinks you're worth dying for. God values you so much that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him shall never perish but have everlasting life. God values all creatures of this world. He values all life. Today is the sanctity of life in our Southern Baptist emphases and our churches. And He values your life. You are important to God. Anybody ever tells you that you're not important to God, they're lying to you. Anybody, if there's a voice in your head that tells you you're nobody, you're nothing, you're useless, uh, you're a throwaway, they're lying to you. That voice is lying to you. You need to hear the voice of God, the voice of wisdom, the voice that Jesus says to you and me as we Try our best to follow Him. I love you. That's what God's trying to tell you right now. <clears throat> if you don't hear anything else I say today, you need to hear that voice. God's voice. I love you. I even like you. But I don't want you to stay like you are. I want you to grow. And that's what Jesus did in this passage. The Bible says he kept on increasing. That means he kept growing, he kept growing, he kept growing. Now here we are in 2021. Are you, have you grown anymore since 2020? Lord, I hope so. Have you grown anymore in the last five years, ten years, twenty years? Or are you stuck? A lot of people feel stuck in their spiritual growth. Called to follow Jesus is a lifelong journey. To live like Christ at all times and in all places. Now, I didn't make that up. I researched that, and past a friend in Kentucky said that on the Sunday he retired from his church in Frankfort, Kentucky. Brother Bob. Point number two. Be courageous to make the choices that Jesus would make. Be courageous to make the choices that Jesus will bless. There's a path, the Bible says, that seems right unto man. Woman, boy, girl, mankind. Proverbs says there's a, there's a path that seems right, but the end thereof is a way of death, like falling off a cliff. Courageous choices, having courage to make the choices that Jesus made, takes courage, and it's how we mature in Jesus Christ. Courage. If you're going to grow in the Lord, you've got to have some courage. Where does that courage come from? 
Well, a lot of days I don't feel courageous. I don't know about you. There are a lot of days I feel pretty weak. I have a hard time some days stepping up to this challenge of being courageous like Jesus. But I remember when he was 12 years old, what was he doing in the temple? Remember that? And uh, that's a great story in the Bible. I just love that story. There they are in the temple and they're dedicating, you know, having it at the age of 12, they're having this festival time and all that's taking place when a 12-year-old goes to the temple. And um, Jesus' mother and daddy is with a bunch of cousins and they're in this caravan and they made the journey to the temple. And they turn around to go home. And uh, what, a day later or so, they turn around and they say, Anybody seen Jesus? Anybody? Where, where is Jesus? Oh my gosh. Worst fear in any mama's life is when you lose a three-year-old or a 12-year-old or a five-year-old and you can't find them. I had that happen in my little church where I grew up in Louisiana. Their child went to sleep on the pew. Parents came home in two vehicles. One, daddy had a truck and mama had a car. They're talking to everybody at church and they're, they're headed home, one in the truck and one in the car. And they got to the house and they looked at each other. You seen Mitzi? I thought she was with you. You seen Mitzi? Well, I thought she was with you. <gasps> home alone. Where is she? Where's our child? Back to the church, little church they went. And thank God, lights were out. Little Mitzi was sitting on the, uh, laying down on the front pew, sound asleep. She was sitting over here the other Sunday. Yeah, I love that story. And they're caravan, and they go back to look for Jesus. Took them three days to find him. And what do they find him doing? Where do they find him? He's in the temple, and he's teaching who? Scribes and the Pharisees. And he says to his mother, I must be about my father's what? Mm-hmm. You got it right. Jesus had more courage than I'll ever have. And maturity is the result, my friend Danny Stiver says, is the result of free decisions over time made in the face of challenges and struggles and temptations. Ultimately, God makes the rules of our world, and we are happiest when we love his rules. The Bible says the law of God is good, Romans chapter 7. The boundaries that God puts around us is not a bad thing, it's a good thing. It takes courage to say no to sin, it takes courage to say no to temptation, it takes no to, uh, courage to say, I'm going to be who God wants me to be, when you're around your friends that are so influential and pressuring you, determining who you are. Are you going to be who other people say you are? Are you going to be who you think you are? Or are you going to become who God 
thinks you are. It takes courage to do that, to make choices that Jesus will bless. And every time you make a choice that Jesus will bless, you'll grow in character. You'll grow in courage. And if you're lacking courage today, let, let me give you some, some encouraging news. Courage, as my friend says, comes in waves. And if you don't feel courageous, hang on for the next supply. It's coming. Because Jesus is with us through the Holy Spirit of God. And when I'm down and I'm blubbering and I just feel like I can't go any further, I, I just hang on. I stay in the Word of God. I watch Jesus in the Bible and see how He dealt with it. And I, you know, get up some courage through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I say, you know, Lord, I really don't have that courage. Lord, would you just in your Holy Ghost Spirit be courageous for me today? I challenge you to do that. Lord, in the power and the strength of your Holy Ghost Spirit. I don't have the courage, but Jesus, you do. I'm following you. Lord, be courageous for me today. And boy, Jesus and His Holy Spirit kicks into gear when you let Him take charge and you just keep following Him and you'll grow in character and Marty gets started all over again. I was on the airplane coming back from Honoruru to uh, DFW Dallas. Didn't realize how prejudiced I was till I got on that plane. Me and Mimi sat there on our assigned seats. There's an African American looking boy over there, hood over his head all crunched up in the corner, trying to be, you know, to himself. and All my white privilege prejudices kicked in. Well, some of the stuff didn't work where we were, and I asked the steward, I said, can I go over and sit with the three seats? He was next to the window there. I said, can I go over and sit next to that guy? He said, yeah, move over. So I did. And uh, you know me. I, I'm going to talk to anybody that will talk back to me. <clears throat> I said, friend, I said, may I sit with you? Mm-hmm. I said, uh, had my overalls on. Had my Hawaii short sleeve shirt on. Some of y'all see that on Facebook? Let me tell you, I represented Meade County all up and down Hawaii. I ain't ashamed to be from Meade County. I, I got a haircut in the barbershop, great clip, is that what it was? And I asked the guy, I just walked in, you know, and I said, uh, it's the first time I've ever been to Hawaii, in, in your store. Can you tell? She came and said, yeah. And she'd give me a haircut, and I said, uh, how you doing? She's, I said, you ever, I haven't seen you before. Yeah, we've been watching you walk up and down. So anyway, I, I said, uh, hey, neighbor, how you doing? And I thought, this guy's a druggie. This guy's got money. He's on an airplane. 
He's black. I know they can't afford it. What's he doing here? I'll just kind of tend to myself. We got a little conversation. <laughs> Boy, was I wrong. And all my white privileges, prejudice came to a halt when I learned that his name was, I'm going to give him the letter S. That's all I'm going to give him. Turns out, Staff Sergeant of the Army S has top secret clearance. I do too. Top secret. There's stuff I can't tell y'all. I'd have to shoot you. And I'm talking to Staff Sergeant S and I noticed he had a he had an accent. I thought that guy is from Africa somewhere. He's from Nigeria. He come to America. He became U.S. citizen. He joined the U.S. Army. Where is he headed? Pentagon. Pentagon. He, in the staff sergeant rank, of all the enlisted in the entire U.S. Army, has excelled, maximized, and way beyond what is required of the physical fitness test. That's after I bragged on myself saying, you know, I spent 29 years in the Air Force running a mile and a half every year. <laughs> oh, my Lord. This guy can get out on the floor with his fingers and the maximum to score is 60 with his fingers push-ups he didn't do 60 how many you think he did a hundred this guy can run a mile in six minutes or less this guy can do more sit-ups than I ever thought I could. This man has been singled out to go to the Pentagon and roam the halls of top secret places. I asked him, I said, what's your mission? He said, I can't tell you that. I said, no, no. I said, I'm not. what's your mission in the Lord? What's God's mission for you? Oh, he said, I can tell you that. He said, my mission in life is to teach people how to love everybody. My mission in life and my call from God is to teach people how to respect everybody. And I'm sitting there in a chair next to this man who's, we're just having fellowship in the Lord, and I'm just bouncing up and down. And I'm thinking, God, help me and keep me humble that I may listen and I may learn. Sergeant S, top secret. Oh, rank number four in the entire army of the United States of America. What's God's mission for you? 
called to follow Jesus is a lifelong journey to live like Christ at all times and all places. So number three. Do the best you can do today going forward in Jesus' mercy tomorrow. You can't live today perfectly, but do the best you can because we live under the mercy of God. The mercy of God. There are some choices that we are challenged to make. That pastor I quoted I want to use a little more of what he had to say. The challenges we are called on to make, the choices we are called on to make as we follow Jesus. Now, I love you. I know you love me. But this may hurt some folks. This may be painful. And you may say, hallelujah. I don't know how you're going to live with it, how you're going to react to it. But Jesus challenges us to choose love over hate. We are challenged to choose truth over deception. We are to choose justice over injustice. It's all throughout the Bible. We are to choose maturity over irresponsibility. We are to choose listening over shouting. We're to choose kindness over cruelty. To be like Jesus, we're to choose compassion over contempt. If we're going to grow in Jesus, we're to choose generosity over greed. That one hurts me. If we follow Jesus, we're to choose humility over arrogance. To follow Jesus means we're to choose forgiveness over revenge. To follow Jesus, we are to choose healing over hurting. And thank you, Ekron. We experienced powerful healing of our family this week. To follow Jesus, we're to choose sacrifice over self-indulgence. We're to choose peace over violence. That is the mission of those of us who follow Jesus. That's the choice, those, some of the choices we're challenged to make. But don't forget the mercy of God. Christian writer Tony Campolo was popular way back in the 70s, wrote a book called, and I think it's going to be my autobiography. Here are the title, Adventures in Missing the Point. That's me. Adventures in missing the point. Conclude with what we opened with today, the theme of our message, the call to follow Jesus 
is a lifelong journey. You can't commit to follow Jesus. You just take a step every day. Let the grace of God push you and carry you and keep you out of the ditches of life. It's a journey, one day at a time. Under the very mercy of Jesus, our Redeemer, our Savior, the blood of Christ, the cross of Jesus Christ. It's a lifelong journey. To live like Christ at all times and in all places. Who's your hero? Who's your hero? Ask yourself, who is my hero? Who am I following? Who am I following? Will you bow your head together, please? Lord, we have been called to follow you, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And it's real challenging right now. Your grace and your mercy, Lord, keeps us out of the ditches of life. You keep us back on the path when we repent and say, Lord, forgive me. Help me to do better. Help me to learn from my mistakes and help me to do better for your glory and your honor. May my mission in life be to glorify Jesus Christ more than anything else in the world. May I not have my will, but thy will be done. Father, in this time of invitation, I pray that there be a soul in this building who's ready to say, I surrender all to Jesus. I'm all in. I'm following Jesus now. Willing to make that decision public by coming forward and sitting right up here on this front pew where we can have a little Holy Spirit counsel. Lord, by your Spirit and your power, work mightily in us. Send us, Lord, to the ends of the earth. That's what you're willing to do. May we be all in for Jesus. In Christ's name I pray.